Oh my goodness, guys. I have never been so excited to smell baby poo. I realise that's probably the most rogue start to a podcast. But since I spoke to Connie last week, we discovered that we had COVID. And I think I discovered that I had it in the most like mum, stereotypically mum way possible. So I, I love a good cleaning product, I won't lie. I've got Mrs. Hinch's book. I go through it every now and then. I order all my bits. I get really excited about it coming. And one of my favorite products because of the smell, by the way, hashtag not an ad, um, is Method. That, that rhubarb floor cleaner, tell me you're in your 30s without telling me you're in your 30s. That rhubarb floor cleaner is absolutely divine. And I was mopping the floor and I realized that I couldn't smell it. And I was actually about to complain to them, like, you have watered down, you're cheapening your brand. And I said to mum, my mum was down staying. I also gave her COVID, whoops. But she is better. We're all better and on the mend. Um, God, I feel like I've just given away a massive spoiler. Well, actually, you know I'm better because I'm doing this podcast. Anyway, so I was mopping the floor and I was like, mum, can you smell that? She was like, yeah, it smells lovely. Oh, is that rhubarb? Absolutely amazing. Method floor cleaner. And I was like, I can't smell it at all. So then I got all my cleaning products out. Another another good one is the Flora. I couldn't smell it. So I was like, oh my God, you know, when everything just makes sense. Obviously, I spoke to you guys last week when I was in the depth of alpha insomnia. And I realized that I probably had COVID. I had no sense of taste, no sense of smell. So we got in the car, me, my mom, my dad, Tommy, Alf, and we went to a PCR testing center didn't test Alf. I feel like that would be a bit cruel on a child, wouldn't it? But anyway, we got back three positive COVID tests and it all made sense. So I actually felt so happy that I kind of stuck to my guns with sleep, but I'm not going to lie. It was so hard. Oh my goodness. Like to think that I did a couple of weeks of waking up every half an hour I honestly can't even basically remember recording the podcast with Connie. <laughs> so um, thank you for your feedback on it because I was actually really nervous because obviously I know that sleep is such an emotive topic. But all I will say is maybe I'll change my mind about sleep training and routines and definitely Connie has given me food for thought. But I felt awful thinking Alf had COVID and I was so happy that I just gave him lots of cuddles and had him next to me. And it actually worked really well for me selfishly when I got COVID because I did have a few days where I felt awful. Like I had the flu, I felt run down. I still don't feel 100%, um, but he's been co-sleeping with me in the bed and it's just made everything so much easier. He helps himself to my boob in the night. We have lots of cuddles and he has been sleeping so well. So I just need to give this a bit of context. My version of So Well is so different to my sister's version of So Well. That's the beauty of children, isn't it? But my nephew, Jasper, my sister will be like, oh my God, he slept so badly last night. He was up once in the night. Whereas (laughs) for me, Alf waking up twice in the night is an absolute treat. So I just want to say for anyone going through the insomnia who's not quite ready or doesn't feel like sleep training is the path for them, it gets better. Like, I can't believe it. So I am going to start the cop transition. But for now, there's a whole new set of challenges. So the most 2021 uh, reason to cancel plans ever, obviously getting COVID. So last week I had to miss my DJ gig. I was meant to be doing a big gig at a festival. 
that's fine. We also had to cancel our first family holiday, which is a little bit gutting. I'm not going to lie. We're meant to be in France right now with all of Tommy's family. Um, it just would have been so nice. And selfishly, it would have meant that because Tommy's parents were there, we could have got a bit of a break. Um, but we are still in England. But the sun's shining. So, um, you know, every cloud. And because we're no longer going away, I have received an invite to the National TV Awards. So um, it's a big it's a big event. It's a big award ceremony for celebrating the best in TV. I've been a few times before and it's amazing that I've been invited. It's on Thursday. So when you're listening to this, you'll know, did I go? Did I not go? Ooh, being invited, it would be the first time that I would have been away from Alf. And it just so happens that it falls on Alf's, uh, Alf's, I should really know my own son's name. It just so happens that it falls on Alf's eight month birthday. So that's the ninth of, well, God, I don't even know what month we're in. <laughs> Mum life. The ninth of September, his eighth month birthday. So it's very minor, isn't it? Like before you're in this position, when I used to hear my friends or other mums be like, oh my God, I don't know whether to leave my baby. I'd be like, oh, get over it. How hard can it be? Just leave them. Loads of, everyone's done it before. <laughs> we were all left once. But now that I'm in that situation, do you know what? I never even thought I'd be that mum that waited eight months. Like I, I used to always say like, if I have kids, I'm going to be going out. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. And um, I honestly don't know what to do. I'd be, I'd be leaving him with Tommy. Tommy's as nervous as I am. He's obviously a boob man. He won't take the bottle. A lot of people are saying, just do it. Pull the plug, just go. You'll have a great time. And do you know what? I feel like if I went, I would love it. I feel I deserve it. But the other part of me is like, but he's only eight months old. You grew him for nine months inside you. Why don't you just wait a little bit longer? Like, you know, my maternal pull is like, I'm not quite ready. So I'm torn. And it's something so minor, but... Also, selfishly, I, I kind of want to get dressed up, you know, like have an excuse to put on some makeup, wear a nice dress. So I really want to hear from you. When did you leave your babies for the first time? And did you ever feel like this is the right time? Like, am I waiting for something that might never happen? Like, maybe you never feel it's the right time. Maybe you do just have to like go out and not worry about it and just see what happens. So I would really love to hear from you on this. Um, and one person I thought would be brilliant to help ease my mind is today's guest. It's actress Ali Bastian. I was a massive fan of her and she played Becca in Hollyoaks, but she's also played Sally Armstrong in Bill, Becca Clark in Doctor. She's an amazing actress. She also introduced her first child, a little baby girl called Isla Rose, what a beautiful name, into the world 17 months ago. So the 12th of March, 2020 just before the national lockdown and Ali's spoken really openly and honestly about the anxiety she faced at being a new mom and suffering with postpartum anxiety and so I thought it'd be really good to have an open chat about her experience obviously she's a little bit further ahead so I'm so excited for this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I am so, so excited to be joined by Ali Bastian today. And Ali, if my teenage self knew that I would be doing a mum podcast with Becca Dean from Hollywood, I think I would never, ever have believed it. It's so funny how life turns out. But yeah, here we are. I love you. Thank you. What a nice intro. That's really kind. By the way, I did give you a much better intro before I spoke to you. This is just the, uh, this is the soft launch. Oh, I like this one. This one was good. I look forward to hearing the other. Do I get two then? Yeah, you, you literally get two but um obviously your uh, probably your biggest role today is um of course being mum to isla rose who oh, is, yeah. is, is she 17 months now she's about to turn 18 months oh wow that's literally a year and a half that's amazing congratulations yeah. we are in full like toddler flight yeah i can't believe thank you and um yeah, it's gone. I can't believe she's 18 months. I can't believe I have a toddler. It just has. Do you know what? I'm eight, I'm 10 months behind you because Alf's about to be eight months. Oh, and oh. I've got to say, like, it goes so quickly. It does. I know everybody says it and everybody's like, oh, you know, just enjoy every minute and all of this mum stuff. And, it, you know, obviously it's, oh, well, I'm sure we're going to discuss it all today, aren't we? The good, the bad, the ugly. It's, you know, the most amazing, life-changing thing, I think, becoming a parent. I can safely say I have not enjoyed every minute, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I think my rock bottom, I just said to my mum, who's just arrived to like save the day and step in to look after her today. And um, I was like, mum, I think yesterday was my parenting ground zero. Like, I think I oh, found no. it. Yeah, it was just Full on. Full. I just went through all the feels and ended up in tears last night with my husband. But yeah, I mean, just challenges you in every conceivable way, I think. Do you know what? It's so interesting, isn't it? So um, this is actually our second attempt at recording because we were meant to do yesterday. <laughs> and of course, Isla, just, do you call her Isla or Isla Rose? Uh, uh, Isla, just Isla. Isla, just Isla. Just Isla. <laughs> I don't, yeah, just Isla. Just Isla had decided to have... Um, the mother of all meltdowns and bless you you were you you were like please can we can we change it but you really tried didn't you you were like okay give it five minutes give it half an hour and I think this is so interesting because what people don't see is even though this is an hour recording I feel like for anyone like I didn't realize before becoming a mum I would just see people coming out of the door without their kids or people turning up to work you don't realize like the admin and the life stress that goes into even just doing an hour. Absolutely. I think I've heard it referred to as the mental load of like motherhood. And um, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It is phenomenal. It's kind of all the, the planning and the trying to make sure everything goes smoothly and inevitably it doesn't. And then yeah, I just really appreciate how that you were able to be flexible for me. And I really value that um, because I feel like flexible is what you have to be, isn't it? Like, as I've been recording now, Tommy has silently come in and taken a breastfeeding sleepy baby away. That's amazing. <laughs> Ninja. Do you find, um, is Isla kind of, do you find that she's having more sort of tantrums as she gets, I, I hate the word tantrum because actually it's, it's 
it's kind of like a really negative thing whereas actually they're just like growing up and trying to figure out the world aren't they yeah but- kind of experience experiencing big emotions little people experiencing big emotions I think yeah it uh, I think it started really when she was about a year old um and has just been going <clears throat> I think yesterday was probably the biggest one ever and I don't know if that was I'd been away well not away but I've been teaching this weekend at film school so I was out the house for two days it's the first time I've gone back to teaching since having her and um and so I think in retrospect we just hadn't got back it in gear again before I was then like right now I'm going to do this uh, you know do some work but only this time I'll be in the house but you can't you know be with me so I was trying to um we had a babysitter who's been with us who's a friend of ours who's they've spent you know quite a lot of time together just like you know times like this when I've had little jobs to do that I can do from home um sometimes she'll come over and sit with Isla and she was just not having it um but yeah I think we hadn't got it sort of in the groove again the two of us it's like we had to I could I probably should have put a day between um having those days away working and then uh trying to do anything else (laughs) I don't know that's what I put it down to that's so sweet though because she just wanted her mummy didn't she you sent me a picture immediately after when you went downstairs and she conked out and fell asleep in my arms I don't I think she was off color as well um but she yeah she she just she always she's I'm still breastfeeding and um so I gave her a little breastfeed and then she basically she sucks her fingers as she puts her other hand down my top and then and that's kind of her I I am her pacifier really I think well not that I don't like that actually that way I've heard that it described like that and I don't know why I said that um I think but there's it's just comfort that's her comfort thing and um yeah yeah, that's what she needed in that moment so and it was interesting as well it was like as the as I felt the cortisol because I really think she'd got to that point where I never usually let it escalate like that um but I was sort of seeing in a way, like I was, we were a bit testing the water whether Dev, who was sitting with her, could settle her. And um, we thought, well, just I'll just let it, the situation breathe for a minute before I step back in and see if um, she can, you know, calm her down. But she just, she was just turning herself inside out. Basically, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. But um, what, so I think the cortisol by that point was just soaring, and it just felt like there's no coming back from this point that we've got to. Um, and as she sat in my arms and I felt her calm down, I felt myself calm down as well. And I just thought, God, we're so intrinsically linked, you know, when your baby's under, when your toddler's under that much stress, you know, we're under that kind of stress as well. And it's just so much to contend with. So if I had actually pushed through and come on the podcast at that point, I don't know what you'd have had on your hands because I was in, actually in full fight or flight myself as well. Do you know what? This is so interesting because actually um, the other day, Tom was trying to, I, I was in like the, the midst of insomnia. We obviously now know that Alf had COVID, but he was distraught and Tom was trying to settle him. And I was like, give him to me. <laughs> yeah. It was like, he was trying to be nice because he was trying to let me get to sleep. Yeah. And obviously yeah, I had COVID. You've been poorly, haven't you? I'm so sorry. You guys have been that's through right. it. We're better now. And that's a, that's a great thing. But it's so interesting because he took him downstairs and I was in the bedroom and I could hear Alf crying. And I, I'm, I would say I'm a very rational person. Like Tom and I have a really good relationship. We communicate really well. But because he took him away from me, I ran downstairs and I was like, give him to me, give him to me, give him to me. And Tom was like, you're actually scaring me. And it is weird because I feel like 
there's something really like maternal in not being able to comfort your child when he needs it. And it's actually so interesting because it kind of leads on perfectly to what I wanted to chat about today because I still haven't left Alf yet. I say still, but he's eight months and I feel like that's still really young and I I don't know. I'm really torn about when is the right time to leave? And, you know, some, I I appreciate that a lot of parents have to go back to work and they almost have this deadline, whether it feels right or not, they have to leave their, their child. And obviously you're a little bit further along with Isla. And when was the first time that you left her and did it feel right? Um, I, yeah, I (laughs) really, really recently, um, to be honest, I think, I think because of the, you know, year and a half we've all had, um, with lockdowns and everything, it's been a totally different path perhaps to how it might've been. Um, because, you know, our industry's been so on the floor through all of this. I wasn't rush, you know, there wasn't work to be rushing back to. Um, so uh, the act, the first time I went away to work, so we've been doing like, like sort of what we're doing now, little bits and pieces at home. So she's at home and, you know, like amazingly, my mum comes up a day a week and my mother-in-law and father-in-law come once a week. And, um, they've been, since we were able to bubble, they've been doing that. And that's been an absolute lifeline. So we've had this kind of support at home, but in terms of actually going out into the world, um, it's actually only happened, you know, it's happened, to be honest, a lot later than I imagined it would have. Um, so I went away uh, to, I got, I did a, worked on a BBC drama last month and I, Amazing, was, by oh, the way. thank you very much. And I had three days away and that was my first gig back and it was, I, I was so mixed about it. It's like on the one hand, to be honest, if she was, how old would she have been then? Sort of 16, 17 months. I really needed that time. I needed to reclaim that part of myself and reconnect with what I do and with other creatives and, you know, all of that. And I had uh, some sleep, which was amazing because I was in a hotel for a couple of nights. So on the one hand, it was, um, yeah, I did feel really, really ready. Um, And on the other hand, it was just tough because I don't know if we'd sort of prepped things with Isla as well as we could have. And David, Although he held the fort and my husband absolutely brilliantly, uh, they were he was on his knees by the time I got back, and no one had slept for three days, and um, it was all a bit of a mess. And so it kind of encouraged us to regroup a bit in terms of how we're doing things with Isla. Um, in terms of in what way? Um, well, I actually reached out at that point to uh, the lovely Sarah Ockwell Smith. I don't know if you've come across her. She's written a lot of books on gentle parenting and has a kind of gentle, holistic approach to sleep. And it's not not sleep training and um, crying it out and that side of things has never felt quite right for us. Um, so I spoke to her and I was like, oh, and her whole ethos is just about kind of optimizing things for the best kind of sleep you can have because sleep for us has been a big issue all the way through really um so yeah I don't know I'm really I feel like I'm rambling and I I digress no this is honestly it's, it's absolutely fascinating because I feel like um I don't know why but I feel pressure that he should be number one sleeping that's I think a big topic I touched on last week but he he his sleeping is actually better now that he's um well again but obviously it's still very much co-sleeping 
um, which I think is for me as much as for him. But also I, I suddenly feel this pressure that I should be getting back to myself and I, I should be being able to go to things without him. And I don't know if that's because I worry about my career if I don't or if it's because I feel that society expects I feel like you get the kind of newborn phase where everyone's very like kind and understanding and then you get to a point where people are a bit like what you can't leave him you can't even leave him for a couple of hours what do you mean he won't take a bottle have you tried this bottle yeah oh god bottle? I've tried every blinking bottle that exists like she's never taken I mean that is one thing I do feel like in retrospect, if there were things from early on, I do remember one of the health visitors, oh, it was oh, one of the midwives saying to us early, like, it, you know, um, if you can give her a, a one bottle a day, so she always has a bottle, it will really help you in the long run. And I kind of wish we'd stuck, we did for a bit and then she sort of didn't take one and then I left it for a bit and thought, well, I'm here, you, you know, I'm happy to breastfeed and we were in the flow by that point. And, um, and then when I was like, okay, now we'll, let's give her a bottle again. It just wasn't happening and it never happened again. And I tried everything. Um, so it is tricky with, uh, I mean, I have to be honest, even at, with a 70, with an you know 18 month old, I still, we still haven't, um, apart from these days I went to work where the wheels came off, um, I haven't uh, gone out for the evening yet and let someone else put her down because I don't we're just not quite at that point yet where we're able to do that, but we would really like to be able to do that. It's just, I feed her to sleep and cuddle her to sleep and that's, we're still in that groove. So, and I say still, that's kind of been what's right for us, I think. Um, that's really interesting because I suppose we're in, we're like very similar to you, but I definitely felt like, oh, maybe by some point I'll feel like it's time, but actually they're in your tummy for nine, 10 months, like, they are still so little and I, I do feel like a kind of pressure from the outside, which by the way, no one's actually said anything to me. It's totally, it's totally comes from me, I guess as well. Cause you see other mums who are like going out and about and stuff that you're like, how like are you that. doing this? <laughs> yeah, please. Maybe we need to get them on this and tell us how. <laughs> I wonder if it is a bit of a lockdown thing because so Isla was born on the 12th of March, 2020 and the national lockdown came on the 23rd of March, 2020. So I feel like let's rewind. Like what was it like giving birth in that sort of uncertain time? Because I mean, pregnancy wasn't even on the cards for me at that point, which is funny because it happened a month later, but I felt, I I mean, I felt like, Oh my God, I felt like we were in a zombie apocalypse. Like I was like, is the world going to end? Like what the hell is going on? Like, how did you, get through those kind of early days or did you enjoy that first lockdown experience oh it's a real kind of mixed mixed bag I think when I was at the hospital we still it was like it we everyone knew it was coming and it was you know sort of taking you know it was already in the UK and everything but it wasn't we wasn't really clear what was about to happen. Um, so, but I remember as we were leaving, the midwife um, said to us, just go home and shut the door and don't see anybody. Just, you know, 
yeah, just kind of warned us. And at that point, I don't think anyone had said anything even just yet about the poten- potential for the UK going into lockdown. But I think she saw it coming. And she so she gave us this advice and we were like, okay, let's, let's do that. Let's just go home, regroup. I think also part of our plan, we'd always planned to have a little bit of time, um, just David and I and Isla, uh, you know, maybe the first week or two to find our feet before we started seeing family. Um, but then the lockdown happened and that was it. It was just kind of, us in the flat with the little one finding our feet oh god it just feels like it's such a whirlwind when I look back and in some ways it was kind of amazing because David um, was working in the West End doing Mamma Mia when everything happened and uh, so he came home and he was on paternity and then he didn't end up going back to work because the West End went dark Um, and so he hasn't missed really a bath time or a bedtime since and uh yeah we had this uh, time of figuring out figuring it out between us and it was how old was Isla when she finally met say like her I think she was around three months old uh so it was when bubbling came in to be honest that was you know we didn't really know about the concept of bubble so I've got this photo of my mum through the window it of course breaks my heart thinking about it with um and she'd written you know love you Isla on a piece of paper and was standing outside the window and it's like that's as close as she got the beginning because we were all so afraid and nobody really knew what what it was and what we were dealing with um but yeah i think uh, when they when the government introduced the idea of bubbles we were like okay right we need we really need to do this like we really needed some support and i think we i definitely you know we missed out on those early moments with family um and everything i'm trying to start i'm trying to think back to how it was it's just kind of it's so weird we were talking the other day saying like isn't it mad that last year we weren't allowed to go anywhere for Christmas like my parents in Northumberland and so they I think they were in the red bubble and then London became red and um it's just so weird like even though it was so recent it is all a bit of a blur now isn't it and yeah but all of this is in our vocabulary now like lockdowns and this and that and I don't know it's just if somebody had said a couple of years ago this is what was coming I honestly wouldn't have um you know I don't think any of us would have believed it but yes do you know what? It's so interesting because Alf was born on the 9th of January 2021. And that was, I think, two or three days after the, was it the third lockdown? <laughs> that winter lockdown. Oh, God. So you were just going into a lockdown then. Yeah, but I felt like mentally it was very different to the first one because I think the first one, we didn't quite know what was coming and how deadly it was going to be. Like, mm-hmm. was it going to be this sort of zombie apocalypse? And then by the January one, we kind of knew by then that yes it's very important to take it seriously and protect vulnerable but like we would kind of be okay but Alf also didn't meet my parents until he was three months old oh wow so really similar I remember people saying um oh I feel really sorry for like lockdown mums and I feel really sorry for you but a bit similar to you I kind of enjoyed that initial there was like definitely pros and cons and looking back I'm starting to think like actually is this why we have that sort of anxiety about leaving where Mm. actually mums by the way if you're listening to this and you agree or disagree I'd love love to hear your perspectives because a lot of my friends gave birth after the lockdowns and they're already a bit more out and about and free and I wonder if it is because they didn't give birth in a lockdown you know even my sister she gave birth in 
the beginning of May. I got the birthday wrong on, I think, the second episode. And she, I, I obviously forgot that she'd been listening. And she was like, by the way, I can't believe you thought Jasper was born in April. And I was like, it's the 7th of May. No, March, 7th of May. No, May, May, May. So um, I, I wonder if as much it was, it was amazing and a bit like you, you know, Tommy would normally have been going out to work, but he was working from home. So he was around and didn't miss all those kind of milestone moments that I guess normally the partner might miss but I wonder if this is why it's so difficult for us to leave them now or maybe you know mums who didn't go through lockdown who are maybe a bit older maybe this is just like the maternal pull and actually a lot of people have said to me you know they don't they might not need you as much as you think you might be pleasantly surprised but in your experience it didn't go well when you you left either (laughs) <laughs> in my experience no it was not the finest hour but um we'll get there I think that we just probably both Isla and I just need a bit more of a graduated exposure to getting back out into the world I just think it's been um it's like building confidence and getting yeah just getting back out there and I think as also we haven't put her into nursery we probably won't do that until she's three I don't think so um, some of those things that just would have automatically pushed things along a little bit uh, ha- haven't really happened and because as well because of work and David and I having to almost completely recreate things and rethink how we run our lives. I mean, I don't know, in some ways, I think before we had her, we were like, oh, yeah, if one of us gets a tour, we'll just all tour together as a family or we'll do this, we'll do that. And we had all these sort of thoughts about how easy it would be and now we're in it we're like oh actually uh, some of this you know we do we do have to adjust and and rethink things um so yeah I don't know we're constantly I feel like David and I just like constantly readjusting our sales and trying to work out how to navigate parenthood how to navigate our professional lives and how it all pieces together and we definitely I definitely don't feel like I have the answers but um it's just uh, you know adjusting accordingly I think to what whatever's happening I think that's actually really nice advice especially for me because I I feel like we almost expect that by a certain time we have it all figured out but actually they're constantly changing and evolving so maybe maybe parenthood is just constantly trying to figure it out because I guess they go through all these different phases and you never just as you figure one thing out something new arises (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think it really does. Yeah, just when you think you're on top of it, it's like, ta-da, oh, this, how do I, how do we deal with this? Um, yeah, and also I think being um, self-employed as well is, a, is another path. It's not, you know, that one thing's easier or harder than the other, I, you know, but my only experience is that I've always been self-employed. So that in itself is like, <laughs> you know, we don't have the same sort of you know it's not like there's automatically a maternity leave and then at this point baby goes to nursery go back to work and all of this happens we can kind of you know I guess the benefit of it is that you sort of design it yourself um, in a way and try and find a way to make life work but uh it's just uh yeah it's there are just more possibilities I think in terms of how how it's all going to piece together 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiya, we're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. We, being me, Georgie Porter, and me, Sharon Carpenter, we're all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and we give you advice whenever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for, we're all about what you're really thinking and what you really want to know. You can expect to hear some of this. I have to say, come on, people, we're getting a little too sensitive here. And also some of this. She is plugging her entire career in that one moment. That's the Lose Lips podcast out every Tuesday and not forgetting Extra Lippy on Fridays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. Yeah, I guess it's interesting, isn't it? I guess it's like... I suppose the grass isn't always greener on the other side because in some respects I'm self-employed as well and I feel really lucky that I've been able to be like pretty flexible with work and for example when I went on the Jeremy Vine show they let me bring out so I was able to breastfeed I ended up I thought that was brilliant actually that wasn't planned at all like he was just in the green room but as you know like a feeding baby when he's got a feed he's got a feed and absolutely they were so kind and supportive and they said look if he needs to feed there's no pressure so I do feel lucky that I have been able to sort of, I mean, it's still 
been a hard juggle, but I've been able to juggle. Whereas my sister constantly reminds me, you know, most people are on maternity leave, so they they don't have to do this juggle yet. So, um, and you know, there is maternity pay and all of that. So I guess, you know, I I, I do feel lucky, but oh, sometimes I'm like, God, it must. I wonder what it would be like just to get a maternity leave. But equally, then I I do feel like there is this huge pressure. You know, I've got friends going back to work and they've got this deadline in place and they might not feel ready. And and it's interesting, like even going back to you saying that when you left her, you wish that you'd almost done a bit more prep because if I go to the NTAs on Thursday, we haven't prepped at all. And all week, Tommy's been like, please, can you express and like almost pretend you're not here every night so I can see how it goes. Oh my God. We had the, the identical conversation, David and I as well, before I went to Cardiff. And um, he was, and I did in the end, lastminute.com, like literally I put off expressing because I did it so much in the early days. It ended up binning loads because it'd been in the freezer for too long. And then we're suddenly like, shit, now I've got to suddenly, I'm at this point as well with breastfeeding where you sort of make as much as you need really. So we're, we're in a good, you know, we're sort of well in sink at this point um and suddenly I was like trying to express as well put a freezer you know left a freezer full of milk and she didn't have any of it actually to be honest in the end he tried we tried everything and and David had been saying like can we just do it can I put her down for a few nights can we try and give her um milk in a cup or something like that and uh yeah just just didn't happen but then for your little ones that look because mine's over a year I think not having the breast milk for a couple of days, it's, you know, not the end. Sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background, by the way. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's okay, you know, for, for her to be without it. It's but at this point more of a comfort than anything, I think. Yeah, because I'm, I'm worried. Like, so Tommy's like, please today just express and I can try tonight. But I'm like, but I know that he'll be upset and I'll be able to hear him. And I'd rather it, I'd almost, I'd rather it just be once, you know what I mean? Like, and just be cold turkey. That's what we did, basically. Rather than traumatise him every yeah. night this week up until Thursday. Yeah, I, I thought exactly the same. I really did. And I'm, oh, sorry, not the mic. Um, I thought exactly the same way. And, you know, I, you know, I tell, there's no right or wrong. There really isn't. And it's just one night. And yeah, you're right. Like, why would you want to have a week of, um, you know, having an unsettled little one if you if it's just one evening? Have you, are you close to making a decision about whether to go or not? I think I will. And do you know what? It's funny because I, I guess I've been a bit selfish because I've been like, how, how will he cope without me? And is it the right thing to go? Do I want to go? Should I listen to my maternal instinct and just stay a bit longer? But equally, you know, and then another, yeah, the other part of me is like, it's really good for my career. It'll be so nice for me. Like, I do feel like I'm ready just to have a few drinks. Obviously, I'm breastfeeding, so it's in moderation anyway. But just have a few drinks and not have to think about Alf and even just like get my tan done and my nails done. And I feel like, well, I say selfishly, but it's not selfish, is it? It's perfectly reasonable. No, really, really perfectly reasonable. And night out and to feel good and to feel like that Ashley, who's not just, the mum Ashley and I love mum Ashley and I enjoy and cherish mum Ashley but I didn't you know I, I that that person didn't exist <laughs> until until eight months ago so I, I I just feel like I want to do it but then it's interesting because Tom has been like oh can, it, can you express can you express and I was like why I, I said to him the other day why are you putting pressure on me why can't you just be supportive why can't you just say you should go I want you to go and he was like because I'm scared because I'm going to have to deal with the meltdown. And actually I hadn't 
I hadn't thought of it from Tom's perspective that of course it's like an intimidating thing to be let and he's an amazing dad but he was like he wants you he doesn't want me (laughs) um so I was like oh yeah like I hadn't really thought about it from the fact that he's nervous as well what well, great communicator though that he was able to to say that because I think those are the situations where you can actually end up having a massive Barney with your partner because nobody's owning the fact that actually this is quite scary doing this on my own for the night. So like good on him just being able to say it. Um, yeah, I, do you know what? When you said you were going to go, I felt really happy for you. My first instinct was like, oh, good. I'm glad you're going to do that and glad you're going to have that night for yourself. I think I think it is really important and in a way can kind of fill your cup in ways you won't even realize you know until afterwards but I think it's um you know it is it is good for us to do that to have those moments again like you said of not being mum for a minute I think just yeah stepping back into you know into your uh, professional world and you'll probably run into old mates and things and see people you don't even realize are going to be there and all of that and it's um, and I think especially after lockdown because I've I think I don't know how you feel but I almost wonder if I'm more isolated because we've had lockdown and so you know you weren't seeing friends and everyone anyway and then I kind of went straight into parenting you know and so it, I feel like yeah, it will be. It would actually just be so nice to go and see friends and not have to see friends in the context of Alf being there and kind of having to make. I mean, I think as a lot of us will know, if the baby's there, as much as you can kind of chit chat, your attention is always on them. That's it. I mean, when we said this morning, you know, if uh, because my mum was really stuck in traffic, that if she got really stuck, you know, we could carry on and I'll have Isla on my knee and I'll try and do it. And then I was thinking, I'd love to think I'll be able to do to be able to finish a sentence, but I'm struggling enough as it is. I'll have to let you know. I feel like I keep changing my mind, but I'll have to let you know what I decide to do and how it goes. And it's actually been so nice to chat to you about it because I feel like it is reassuring to hear that you know even at 18 months like it's not just like a click and you're like yeah I've got that all figured out now that it almost like helps me take the pressure off myself a little bit oh absolutely we are I don't think there is no I know what you mean I know exactly what you're saying about the you know feeling that pressure and seeing other people out and about and like you said I think well for starters everybody's path's different and everybody's baby's different you know some so my sister-in-law has um her little one my nephew and he's a really chilled little uh, you know happy chappy um and Isla she's always been really I don't know just so engaged with us so active she just I don't know her I do think even with the not sleeping she's got I can see already just a busy little head like a busy brain and um I don't think she winds down as easily and so that's why it's been so helpful speaking to um somebody about the sort of wind down ritual in the evening and how to play everything and to get a little bit of support and actually also just saying to somebody help I'm not coping this is hard like I don't know what to do and to actually get some advice just even that in itself was really um really helpful and then to have a bit of a plan that I felt like I could David and I could look at and go yeah this resonates with both of us we can we you know start to move towards night weaning gen- you know gently um I love that and I love that it is gentle I'm definitely going to look her up uh, oh do I think you'd really like her I really do um it, yeah yeah she's ace but it's just really respectful I'd say the key words when I think of Sarah and her writing and her advice is it's really respectful really gentle really holistic and just about optimizing uh, the situation 
And that's it really. Amazing. I've got to ask as well, where where did the name Isla Rose come from? I think it's like one of my favorite. It's just such a beautiful name. You don't really oh, hear lots of Isla's. thank you. Um, no, do you know what? It came really early. So I was only about six weeks pregnant and we had a lodger at the time, Hannah. And I ta- Hannah basically thought I was so sick from early on in the pregnancy. And Hannah had found me in a heap on the bathroom floor, basically after throwing my guts up. And I was like, okay, I think I better tell you like, I'm pregnant. And um, she was lovely and really excited and then that evening we were sat at the kitchen table and she was like let's look at names and I remember inwardly thinking oh god I'm not ready I'm not ready I didn't you know feel as secure in the uh, you know the pregnancy yet it still felt so early and um and then by the but then suddenly she was like reading out names and Isla was the first name she said and when she said it I was literally like oh I love that that feels right oh my god and that was it I was like that's her name <laughs> like the first name that Hannah said the first name I heard Aww. um yeah and what, it's so funny so Basically, I was so convinced that Alf was going to be a little girl. So I was, I was like looking up all the names. I'm not going to say the name that we were going to go with, but um, just in case I ever end up having a girl. Um, but one of the middle names, you know how you go through and you pick the names you like or you think of names you like and then you kind of go through with your partner and it's like, oh, no, my ex is called that. Or like, oh, I, somebody bullied me at school called that. So we were going through all these different things. And I said Rose as a middle name because I just think it's such a beautiful name. And it just kind of works with names, doesn't it? It kind of brings a really like beautiful I don't know. I just love I it. I really, I can't, like Rose came to us quite late actually, but because we were going to call her Isla Louise and that was because, this probably sounds a bit self-centric, Louise is my middle name and I just it's had- It's my name as well. Yeah. Oh, is it? Like, there you go. Kind of age. Yeah, there are a lot of, yeah, <laughs> a lot of Louises around. Um, so, and I just had this thing, I had this weird thing when we were naming her that I didn't like, um, I didn't want to give her a name that was loaded with history as well. That was like, this was your great auntie's name or your, you know, grandparent or anything, even though, you know, we've got some wonderful relatives between us. I just wanted her to have a name that was hers. And then I got, I sort of moved from that. And then I was like, also, I want you to have a name that is mine because I think that that she was going to be, you know, she was going to be Omani because that's David's uh, surname. And so I was like, oh, maybe a bit of, you know, my identity as well. and then I went full circle on that was actually like, no, I don't actually need to do that or want to do that. So, uh, and then Rose came to us and I was like, oh, that's, I can't even remember. I just, I think we were lying in bed. It was, you know, probably in the third trimester and we were lying in bed one night talking about names and going through it again. And I was like, oh, what about Rose? Um, yeah. And, and that just felt right. I think. It's so funny. So, when I said, oh, I love the name Rose, and um, Tom was like, oh, no, we can't we can't call her Rose. And I was like, oh, God, have you got an ex called Rose as well? And he was like, no, 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 it just reminds me of the lady from the Titanic. And I was like, right. And he was like, yeah. And I, so I was like, sorry, so what? what's wrong with the girl in Titanic? <laughs> I was like, that's so random. Like, why? what was wrong with her? And he was like, no, she was just old. And I was like, but... But, but she also was young. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, that was actually vetoed. Because so that was the end of that. I don't know what happens with names. I feel, I don't know. How did you come to call Alf Alf? Um, again, I was so set on the fact that I was just convinced that we were having a girl. And so I kind of got my name um, passed. And Tommy has always dreamt of having a little boy called Alfie. 
Um, his surname's Andrews, and I think he like he likes the alliteration of Alfie Andrews. And he'd said to me, "Oh, can we? If we have a boy, can we call him out like Alfie?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." And number one, because I do think it's a really it's nice a name. Fab name, two, yeah. I was like, "It's not going to be a boy." So <laughs> I get my girl's name. Um, and then the only thing was that I wanted him, I wanted to pick the um, middle name and we were laughing because the names that I like are all quite, I mean, I'd say they're pretty hippie out there names. So I'd be like, what about Phoenix? What about, what about like Starlight? And he was literally like, no, no, no. And then when I said Rivers, I love the name Rivers. And um, there's this amazing documentary called Gleason and basically his son's called Rivers and it's all around the fact that everything starts from the river, you know, like civilization and it's a kind of source of life and strength and it's destructive, but it's also essential and I, I, not destructive, that's one word, but it's, you know, I, I just loved that I think such a strong, powerful name. And Tom was like, you know what? I love that, Alfie Rivers. That sounds so good. It also sounds like a great, it's a great stage name if he becomes an Al, just Alfie Rivers. I think yeah, it sounds I fab. Told, I was like, if he's like a barrister or a doctor or something, he can be, um, you know, Alfie Andrews. Um, but then if he's a rock star or, I mean, Tommy's dream is for him to be a footballer, I have to keep being like, you know that he might not like football. Let's not put him in the England squad yet. Like he might want to do ballet. Like there's so many things that he might want to do. So let, But it is a great, it's a great rock star name as well if he wants to be Alfie Rivers. You, you've totally covered your bases there, I think, yes. for those names. The only thing is, for sure. I was like, should we put Alfred on the birth certificate? Because I, I don't know, I just kind of had in my mind that, it's like a traditional name and then if he has a bit of a like midlife crisis he could change himself to like Fred or he could be Alfred but um Tom was like no 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 it's got to be Alfie it's got to be Alfie and to be honest like that's I wasn't you know this I feel like there's battles that you can really um, have the battle like have the arguments over and somewhere I was like do I care um, and actually, I just think he's such an Alfie. I couldn't imagine him now as being an Alfred. It's funny how they sort of settle into their names, I think. Or I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's a bit magic around names. I don't know what happened. But I know Isla's definitely an Isla. I feel like Isla's bring quite a lot of sass as well. She's definitely bringing the sass. I love that. And also, even the, the, the word, like the name Rose, it's so, you know, like a rose is beautiful and soft, but it's also got thorns. So watch your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ali, while I've got you here, we, we um, I say we, that was very much the royal we. I get um, like lots of lovely feedback and questions. And this week I've got a question from Bop 92 who reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for that. And I thought you'd be great to answer this question. She says, I'm breastfeeding with my seven and a half month old and weirdly I'm scared to stop, although I'm not ready yet. Due to guilt, uncertainty on how to do it, fear of mastitis, etc. Do you have any advice? Are you still just breastfeeding? Have you looked at how to start? I haven't or? actually. That's why I think some of these questions I'm like, oh, I feel like I should have um, more of a more of a frigging clue at this juncture. And I just don't with <laughs> so much. I've just uh, kind of felt my way. Um, but no, sometimes I've felt also myself recently, like I don't even know how to stop. I don't feel like, to be honest, there's masses of, I didn't feel like there was masses of support at the beginning with getting going, especially because of being in lockdown. Um, but I called the um, National Breastfeeding Advice Line. It's the, the NHS uh, helpline lots of times when I got going. And I think I'm due another phone call to talk about how to sort of wrap this up and to 
think about. I mean, as well for us, I think it's going to be night weaning that will happen first. And um, when you say night weaning, what do you mean? So st- slowing down the night feeds to a halt, hopefully. Um, so, but yeah, to stop because I'm still feeding in the night. So I don't know if this lady's um, doing that, but I have always just found it the quickest. In it, you know, Isla does wake up a lot at, at night, and it's the quickest way to get her back to sleep and to settle her. So it's just felt really natural for me. Um, but the broken nights, you know, it do take their toll after a while, and I am starting to wonder. Well, maybe if she is weaned from night feeds at some point maybe that will actually help her you know through the night or at least mean that my husband can settle her so I think we'll go at it that way and begin to think about stopping that um which I feel anxious about as well to be honest because it's my way that I know I can soothe her easily so I'm like oh god if we don't have that what am I going to do but I think it's going to be biting the bullet and doing that and the other thing was uh, um when those sorry I am absolutely off on one now no it's good (laughs) the why I felt a bit like we'd gone cold turkey on the breastfeeding when I went to um when I went on this job and the logic was it's you know at some point we're gonna have to stop and wean her off the breast and maybe this was I probably feels like quite mad logic now I'm talking about it I thought maybe this is the time to do it I'll be away I won't be in another room crying because I can hear how distressed she is and David can um you know David will find his ways to look after her and settle her and um but actually, I think if we do that, we need to do that at a time where he's really supported as well during the day. So that if he's having to, you know, to settle her through the night, he really is going to need a break in the day. Whereas with him being on his own kind of solo parenting for three days, it just absolutely smashed him. So I think it's like, it's got to be a team sport if you are, if you do have support, you know, whether it's a partner or family member or whoever's around, I think supporting, you know, each other through that change. It is weird, like thinking about it, that there is just no information out there about stopping no, I'm absolutely guessing here, by the way. I'm definitely going to phone somebody and get some advice. So and you said there isn't a free NHS help? Yeah, if you anything. Google, I wish I had it to hand. I don't. Perhaps it's something you could add, Ashley, um, afterwards. But it, they're really good. It's all volunteers. And uh, the hours are really sensible that the, the time that it's running. It's something, you know, it's like first thing in the morning till about nine o'clock at night. And um, they are so experienced and kind. And even if it's just at the early stages, it was just somebody saying, do you know what? You're doing all right. Just keep going. Yes, that's normal. Yes, this is normal. Um, which just put me into kind of instant, you know, I've cried down the phone on these support lines, just like as in the early days where we couldn't, you know, we weren't seeing health visitors. We weren't seeing the, the, uh, much of the midwives, you know, the first couple of weeks while I was trying to establish it. And they, they were terrific. So that's so good. I didn't know about that. That's amazing. And it's something that I might look into as well. It's and such I, a good resource and definitely to ask about stopping. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, this is great because it's reminding me that actually, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't really know how to do this. So I'll just leave things as they are for now. But then, you know, I've got something on the horizon as well. We've got a family wedding coming up down in Devon and potentially I was going to go by myself. So to go away for a night again. And I, I think this is just part of me that's like, oh, this is so hard to deal with. I'm just not going to for a bit and then we'll be at the last minute again and you know it'll be really difficult for everybody so I'm going to make that call as well to be honest and and get some advice 
Um, I would yeah. say just from my own experience, like definitely don't don't feel guilt. I, I'd say don't feel guilt and don't feel pressure. Like you know, stop breastfeeding when it 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 feels right to you because I think there is no right or wrong time. You know, like formula is is, is a great option, and and equally, if you're not ready to stop, don't stop. But um, and I would say uncertainty on how to do it. Like, obviously this is something I need to look into at some point as well. I, I kind of just go with the flow. I've got no set plan as to when I have that. Also, I have days where I'm like, what? I just need to stop breastfeeding now. Like I feel really trapped. And then I have other days where I'm like, I never want this to end. I love it so much. I love the bond. And I suppose, I guess I would need to like express because I'd still want him to have breast milk, but I would probably express and hope that he, I mean, he started to take it from a cup if I'm not oh, around. That's, good. that's really good. And then fear of mastitis. I guess it's just like expressing when you feel that you need to, to kind of like bring it down gently. But in terms of advice, like that is just me and my ramblings and it's definitely not experts. So I'm going to be advising you to use that NHS helpline and I will try and find all the details. So thanks, Sally. Oh yeah. I'm glad you picked up on the guilt part of that question though, because actually I skimmed, I sort of tuned into the bit that felt the most, actually the most relevant to me at the moment. And I think mum guilt is just, I mean, you could do another, you know, another hour on that one or at least it's huge isn't it so kind of worth um look at having a drill down into that and what that's about and whether you know whether stopping for you is what you yeah need. that's definitely a good topic yeah definitely oh my god you know god, I, it's quite, I don't even know where to start on that one but I think for this lady just um to be you know by the way if anybody listening has advice if you've stopped breastfeeding for whatever reason please please like send us the advice and equally if you have questions you want me to answer get in touch by emailing ask mums the word pod at gmail.com or of course if you leave a review on apple podcasts then um, i'll be able to see the questions but also if you give a five-star rating it really helps others to find us and hopefully we can keep that number one spot on the kids and family podcast charts which is just mind-blowing i'm so, so happy for you i saw that that's brilliant ashley like well done it's just mad but yeah thank you for everyone for listening and for supporting ashley james first time mum the parenting podcast ali thank you so much for being such a brilliant guest and we'll be back with another episode same time same place next week i think i should have said thank you then and i didn't i just went quiet and i want to say thank you thank you i really enjoyed it it was so nice to talk to you like we've crossed paths loads along the uh, years but never really sat down and had a good old natter so I feel like we've finally had that cup of tea Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 